buzzer has sounded. We are headed to overtime with William Pattison on Fox Sports Knoxville. This is Fan Run Radio. And here we go. Live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, it's overtime with William Pattison and Max Pennell joining you on a Friday night. Uh, happy to be back in the studio after uh, having some sickness throughout the week. I'm happy to be healthy again. Max, thank you for joining me. Yeah, happy to be here. Glad uh, you're feeling better, William. Thank you. Uh, Max's last episode or edition of Overtime here with Fox. Um, about to venture off into uh, another job. Congratulations on that, and we're happy to get you one more time. Appreciate it. Yeah, um, uh, excited. Bittersweet. Let's see, 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in and join us. A lot to talk about today, um, kind of recapping that Auburn game. It's It was so good, we can talk about it today as well. Um, so we'll open the show with that. We'll also dive into um, the Vols heading to T-Town for all the marbles uh, tomorrow against the Alabama Crimson Tide. And as always, we'll give our best bets at the end of the hour. Um, bear with me, I know my voice is a little uh, raspy, a little congested, but... Um, uh, still healthy enough to be able to be on the airway, so uh, we're going to make it work. But I want to begin with this, and it's Dalton Dazzles in the win over Auburn. The fourth-ranked Tennessee Vols came back from an eight-point deficit with under 13 minutes to play Wednesday night, defeating number 11 Auburn 92-84 to in a top-15 showdown in front of a record-setting crowd of, uh, of 22,547 at Food City Center. Uh, Fifth-year guard Dalton Connect poured in a co-career-best 39 points, including 25 in the final 12-01 to lead the Vols, who now improved to 22-6 and 12-3 and and in SEC play, to victory. His dazzling performance helped the program win its 12th straight home contest against an AP Top 25 foe, good for an SEC record, including its ninth win in a row against a Top 15 opponent. Um, Ziegler ended the night just shy of a double-double, recording 17 points and a game-leading nine assists, while making all three of his three-pointers. A couple of those were very timely as well. Um, He became the first volunteer this season to post a perfect mark from long range on at least three attempts. Uh, Junior forward Jonas Adu, he was big as well, tallied 14 points and a team-high seven rebounds for Tennessee, while sophomore forward Tobey Awaka had nine points and made all three of his field goal attempts. Uh, The Volunteers shot 51% from the floor, including a season-best 53 percent from the three-point line uh, they also went 27 of 35 at the line well, that's a lot of attempts but they um, you know shooting 77 percent made the most of them uh, to set season highs in both makes and attempts uh, max get you involved here takeaways from the vols comeback win yeah well first off the fact i was at that game um great atmosphere you know I, we were saying this before the show i've being a student for four years here obviously been to a lot of basketball games at tba and that was one of top two or three games I've been to in terms of atmosphere. Obviously, Connect's performance contributed to that, but just want to you know, tip my hat at that. Felt like that was uh, a big difference maker as well. Kind of made things uncomfortable for Auburn down the stretch. Yeah, uh, Really alive, and we've had our, our you know, differences with some of the, the atmospheres at TBA this year, sure. especially in the non-conference. It felt kind of uh, like a library. <laughs> yes. But, um, so it's nice to see that, you know, the, the, the arena really come alive on Wednesday, but Great win. Um, you know, I thought it was a win that was very resilient. We've talked about how there, we the Missouri game 
um, was a nice come from behind resilient victory. A little similar to this, different styles obviously, yeah. but where the where the score was at at a certain point. Um, but this one, you know, a lot bigger impact to me because it's Auburn. It's not Missouri, who's a team that's winless in the conference. Auburn's a legitimate top four seed, you know, top twenty team, and we, you know, they. They punched us coming out of the second half, and I just think the way they uh, that Tennessee was able to respond um, and counter and Dalton Connect, obviously, you know, you're not going to get 39 points every night. I think we got as fans, you know, appreciate just how good Dalton yeah. Connect is. It sucks we haven't had him for more seasons. Yeah, and we're only yeah. getting him for this one year, but we probably have the best or second best player in college basketball on our team, which is some Tennessee hasn't had in a long time. No, if ever. Yeah, and and as you say, it sucks that we only get him for one year. And the craziest fact, we've only got one more game of him playing in TBA, I guess uh, Food City Center now, whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, his final game would be against Kentucky um, next Saturday. But, um, yeah, he is just incredible. And, and, and going into my takeaways, first off, I'll begin with him. Um, look, we know he's incredible, but what he gives Tennessee is something they have lacked um, really ever since the Grant and Admiral teams left. And that's a closer and a guy that can go get a bucket when the game's on the line. Um, you know, last year you had a great con- collection of guys, um, but, you know, Viscovi was too hot and cold, inconsistent to rely on him to take that big shot. Um, and, and, and even if, as you look down from years past, uh, Kenny Chandler was a great player, wasn't really the go-to guy if you needed a bucket. Um, Kinect gives you that. And he not only gets – he wants the moment. Uh, there are multiple times in that game where the, 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 the uh, Tennessee rebounds it and connects already looking for the ball, like before they even cross half court. That's a guy that wants to make an impact. And it didn't matter that Auburn was triple-teaming him, double-teaming him. He was still finding a way to get open. Um, that gives Tennessee a closer. And every great team, come tournament time, has to have a closer. Really, any basketball, the NBA and and college basketball. If you want to be able to win, you've got to have a closer. Last year, UConn had Jordan Hawkins, a, a guy that could get hot real quick, put the game away. Um, you know, think of your favorite NBA team. The you know LeBron James, your closer. Um, Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant, your closer. Um, you've got to have a closer, and the Vols have that and connect. Um, now, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I thought Tennessee did a really good job of contesting. Now, um, Auburn shot at a pretty efficient clip, um, but they only allowed uh, Tennessee only allowed two open shot threes. Um, you did a really good job throughout the night of making the shots hard, um, contesting them. Even if they go in, at least you were able to contest it to where it's not an easy open one. Um, Auburn's a really good basketball team. They're well coached. They can make shots, and they did. Um, but Tennessee was able to put enough defensive pressure down the stretch to when when those shots did not go in, you were able to go on the run. Um, and, and finally, um, being able to come back against a team like that, that's a tournament team, that's a second weekend team, well coached by Bruce Pearl, um, plenty of um, energy in the building, that's your former coach, Bruce Pearl, um, there's a lot going into that game, being able to overcome all of that and come back from down eight, Really impressive, and that's a good team. Missouri, a different story. Auburn, that that's a different thing. Um, so those are my three takeaways. What a game! Um, and, you know, I think if you're a Vols fan and you haven't gone back and rewatched that, I think you're shorthanding yourself uh, because those those are ones when you know we talk about. Um, I guess we were talking about it the other day. 
you know, going back and re-watching games to get hyped up for the season. That's one of those games you go back and watch. Not that Missouri one. No. But, um, uh, let's talk a little bit more about Dalton, uh, who personally outscored the Tigers by four points in the last 12-01, amassed his 39 points on 12 of 21 field goal shooting, a 5 of 8 three-point clip, and a 10 of 12 ledger at the free throw line. And he struggled from the free throw line this season. 10 of 12, that's, those are good numbers. That's what wins you games. Um, the two free throw marks set season highs for Connect, uh, who now owns six 30-point games this season, tied for eighth most in a campaign in program history, uh, including four 35-point performances to tie for second most. How special is Dominant DK? He, he's all he's cracked up to be. Um, like I said, I think he's the best player in college basketball. He's not going to win the award because um, Zach Eady is dominant and has better statistics. But yeah. Dolan Connect is, just because of the position, I think, and style as well, allows him to take over a little more than Eady. But, like you know, like I said, I think we got to appreciate how good he's been. And, you know, you mentioned the, the free throw shooting. I have felt like, you know, all year, it, you know, his, his free throw percentages hover between 70 and 75, it felt like. But, I don't know why it always felt to me like he shot less like he was always going like five of nine or something I was like how is he still a 70 but so it's nice because he's so good at getting to the free throw line which is why I think you need him to be able to be at least 75 percent which you get 12 free throw attempts make 10 of them that was huge yeah Um, and so many times it feels like when we need something he knows okay if I get to the to the rim it's either going in or I'm getting fouled and that's exactly what the offense needs he did that um, and like you said, you know, he's not going to play like that every night, mm-hmm. but some of those possessions where he got the ball at half court, called off everybody, is like yeah. ISO, and he's making the shots. I mean, he knew, just kind of like that Missouri game to a lesser degree, but he knew, okay, for us to win this game, I'm going to have to put the team on my back, and he's confident in himself, and he knows yeah. he needs to do that, and he did it. And you mentioned how teams need that. I felt like the last few seasons, you didn't have that guy if we're on a, you know, 8 0. The other team's on an 8-0 run or you're on a four-minute yeah. scoring drought. Who's going to go just, you know, calm things down? And Connect can do that either shooting a three or, like I said, driving to the rim, getting to the line, at least guaranteeing yourself some points and kind of, you know, weather the storm a little bit. And then, you know, that, that last 12 minutes just takes over. That's the best you'll see a college basketball player play. Um, and hopefully we get a couple more performances like that before the season's over because they're just so fun to watch. Yeah, that, that's all-time kind of stuff. I mean, that's really something you look back on, you tell your kids about, hey, you know, I was there or I wasn't – I, I was on the, the bed watching the game uh, sick. But uh, it's one of those moments you can go back and tell, man, I was in college when Dawn Connect, you know, took over the game, put up 39. Um, Wish he'd gotten another free throw attempt at the end there. Yeah. I was hoping they'd inbound to him just to get that 40. For 40, yeah. yeah. Um, look, Connect is so special because of the way he can score at three levels. Uh, he can attack the basket, can also get it done the mid-range. He had a couple really tough yes, mid-range shots very. in that game. Um, and Auburn did a, a reasonably good job defending him. Um, now, later on, as they started to triple and double him, I thought their defense was kind of lazy, just kind of let him slide right by, not even really getting a contest on him. Um, but they did, a, for the most part, a really good job defending him. Um, but when you're a, a, a three-level scorer like he is that can get it done efficiently at all three levels, he's almost impossible to guard. Um, that one three-pointer that uh, erupted uh, Food City Center, that was a tough shot. Not many people can make that. The one on the uh, in the mid-range where he was fading away with a defender's hand in his face, that's a tough shot. Driving inside, dunking it, um, not really a poster, but dunking it through two guys, that's what makes him so special because even if you stop him at the perimeter, well, he can drive right inside. Okay, 
you want to prevent him from going inside? Well, he'll take the three. That's what makes him so special to me, outside of him being a closer. Just his way uh, to maneuver around a defense and find his shot wherever it is on the court. Um, now, some other guys also played well. We need to give our flowers to them. Uh, Zakai Ziegler, Jonas Adu, Tobey Awaka combined for 40 um, as a trio. How important was their production? I think it was huge. You know, I, I've been saying it for well over a month now. I think Jonas Adu is the X factor. Very, very rarely when he plays well does Tennessee lose. I mean, he yeah. he just adds that. Like I've I, like I've been saying, he adds another. You mentioned how Dalton Connect can score at three levels. He adds a a presence down low, an offensive presence. And now Tobey Awaka is starting to round into form, kind of what we were hoping would start a little earlier in the season. But it seems like he's found his groove. Uh, Rick Barnes seems to have a little more trust in him, which is nice. Um, and that's one more thing on Connect. I do love how Barnes has kind of just you know accepted. Okay. This guy's the best player we have, one of the best yeah. on the planet. Let's let him do what he wants to do, yeah. um, which I, th- I don't always think Rick Barnes has been uh, willing to do sometimes with guys. So, But he, he seems to have trust in Iwaka now, which has paid off in the last few weeks. And, and Ziegler's always that kind of steady hand. He's going to have some nights where you know you might get a little frustrated with his shot selection, etc., but he's a great facilitator. He's perfect for this team and what they need him to be, and he knows his role, which I think is huge. Some of these other guys yeah. we've talked about maybe haven't figured out their role still. Sure, He knows his role. He knows he's got to be good on the defensive end. You can count on that night in, night out. Great facilitator. Good free throw shooter down the stretch as well. That was huge. You know, I think he made 8 of 12 or something like that. And, you know, knows how to get to the free throw line as well. And, you know, when Connect is maybe in a lull or off the court for a couple minutes, he knows, all right, I got to pick this offense up a little bit. So all three of those guys, I think, are huge towards, you know, getting this team where it needs to go or wants to go. Yeah. And I do think what's encouraging is all three seem to know their role. And the offense is kind of playing like such. They're allowing them to, okay, this is what Adu can do well. Let's, you know, focus on that. Let's let him develop that. This is what Ziegler's here to do. Okay, let's kind of let the reins off. And I think Rick Barnes, you know, he gets criticized for his failures in March. I think this year he's done a really good job of kind of letting guys play their role and being a little more hands-off, I yeah. feel like. I feel like he's letting the players kind of lead this team and, and run the offense, which is very impressive. Yeah, 865-546-8200. Stay on the line. We'll get to you moment. Momentarily. Um, yeah, Ziegler, I think, and Jake talked about it a couple months ago. Jake was like, uh, Jake Miller, who, who was on the G.I. Jake show, um, he was saying that this team kind of goes through Ziegler and, and performs how uh, he performs. Um, and, you know, I think that's very um, telling, especially come SEC play. Now, he struggled early on in the year. I think it was still coming back from injury, trying to figure out where he fits on this new team. Um, but since SEC play has started, which is really the only important part of your season, um, he has found his footing and has been really consistent. Um, Jonas Adu, if I told you at the beginning of this year that Jonas Adu would be one of the top two, could you could have an argument for a top two player on this team. I, I don't think a lot of people would have believed me um, because, you know, Adu – um, has never really had that big of a role on this team, especially with all the the. Comwell um, last yeah, year, kind of ate into his role. Yeah, and then you know Pla- uh, Euros w- was there as well. So you've never really been able to been able to see Adu thrive. And this year, he's been arguably a top two player on this team. Um, now, obviously, Connect is is number one, but any given night, Ziegler and Adu could be the number two guy, and I think. Having that one-two punch with the two of them makes Tennessee even deeper for a run uh, come tournament time. Uh, and Tobey Awaka, um, let's talk about him for a little bit because 
over these last three games, he's had really important production in the Missouri game, um, in the in the uh, A&M game as well, and then uh, against Auburn on Wednesday. He's come in and played valuable minutes. If Adu has gotten in foul trouble or just needs a breather, we kind of wanted to see Estrella maybe fill those minutes. Awaka's stepped up and has started to play like the player we kind of expected him to be um, coming into the year. Is Tobe beginning to turn the corner as a more consistent role player now? Yeah, I mean, if you just look at you know his game log, two, the, the two highest minutes he's logged this season are two of the last three games, that Missouri and Auburn game. Actually, the three highest since January. Um, he scored nine-plus points in four straight games, and he's never, you know, previous to that, he only did that once or twice all season. Um, so he's getting much more consistent, getting more minutes, earning more minutes, which I think is, like I was saying, is helping him because it seems like Barnes has a little more trust in him, allows him to work through some things. And if you can get, you know, I'm not expecting him to go for a double-double like he did against Missouri or 12 points against AM, but if you can get 8-9 a night from him just to kind yeah. of spell Adu, okay. And that makes me feel a little better that if, if you know, you run into a situation where Adu has foul trouble early, okay, Awaka can, you know, hold down the fort for a little bit while we got to sit Adu. And earlier in the year, it did not feel like that. I mean, that was one of the biggest um, concerns I had about this team was if Adu gets in foul yeah. trouble, what happens? And it seems like Awaka is taking that step that we all anticipated. His offensive game is taking another step as well, which was always kind of, you know, he's always been a good rebounder, um, good shot blocker as well, and now he's starting to put it together on the offensive end. It's just nice to have a little bit of depth there, at the a position that sorely needs it, yeah. and he seems to be filling that role well as of late. Yeah, I, I think if, if he can continue to play like this, that gives you – um, a second win for Adu and a guy that can come in and still um, control the glass and, and be able to match up with their bigs. Now, I don't think he's a guy you match up against an Edie or a Dickinson. No. Um, but early on in the tournament, when you're facing teams um, that likely aren't going to have as big of a, a, a um, interior presence, um, I think that's where you can come in and give some give some win for Adu. Um, and, and that helps out in, in terms of the longevity of a tournament run. Don't want to tire guys out um, week one against a, a 15 seed, a 16 seed, and then a um, 7 or 10, 8 or 9. Um, those are winnable matchups on their own. Um, you're preparing for the long term, right? Um, so I think if you're able to throw him in in those situations, in those earlier rounds, give him some more run where he's able to come in and be um, a consistent factor, I think that's where uh, his role can be um, even elevated even more. Um Talking about Auburn real quick, and and um, and talking about Tennessee's defense. Uh, Auburn logged similar shooting numbers to the Vols, uh, with respective forty six percent shooting, forty one percent shooting, and seventy five percent ledger. So uh, forty six from the field, forty one from three, seventy five percent from the line. Uh, Tennessee though had the same number of three point makes on five fewer tries, while also notching an ele- eighteen to eleven uh, margin in points off turnovers. Uh, the Vols only allowed two open shot threes and did a good job contesting the Tigers' shots, um, as I mentioned earlier. Was the defensive effort what you were looking for from the Vols? Yeah, I mean, I think there was a little bit of a spell there. The start of the second half, you know, those first five minutes or so, 
where we kind of saw some of the issues we've seen before where you said there's only two open threes, so it wasn't as big, but I do think there's a couple breakdowns that allowed some easier shots for Auburn. But outside of that five-minute run, I mean, especially in the critical moments down the stretch, the defense really buckled down, forced Auburn into shots they don't want to take, contested threes. Now, they hit a couple of them. There's nothing you tip your cap and get back on offense. But um, I thought the defense for 35 minutes of that game was pretty sound. Um, Johnny Broom just, you know, made some plays that a guy of his caliber is going to make. Auburn's probably saying the same thing about Dalton Connect. You know, there's only so much you can do when you're facing a guy that talented. Um, I thought the turnover component was big as well. I also thought this isn't as much about defense, but it goes hand in hand. The ability... This team knows, okay, they like to run. They like to get out in transition. You saw how much that benefits connect as well. Yes. You get him starting yeah. to go downhill really hard on the defense. So I really liked how off a miss, they immediately kind of got out in transition. Um, and that's part of the reason I think that first five minutes was a little difficult in the second half because they were making shots. The offense wasn't able to capitalize yeah. and get in transition. But that was really encouraging to me as well. As this team knew, okay, they miss a three, we get the rebound. We're out in transition. That kind of played hand-in-hand hand there. So, yeah, I thought the defensive performance was uh, up to par for sure. Going to need another one uh, tomorrow evening. Yeah. But, yes, I think it was definitely a step in the right direction. And the, the telling stat to me is the two open threes. There was less breakdowns, especially in the corners, it felt like. Yeah. Look, Auburn's a good basketball team. I mean, and there, there's a reason why they're one of the you know, top 15, 20 teams in the country. They're going to be able to get their own. They're going to be able to make their shots. Um, but I think the biggest key in a lot of these big matchups, and we'll dive into the Alabama game here next segment, um, but just making sure that you're getting a contest on these guys to where they're not having a heyday, a, a free-for-all from the three-point line. And Auburn's not necessarily a three-point oriented team, um, but they've got guys on that team like an Aiden Holloway um, that are, are not shy to hit a couple of shots. And, and Broom had a couple of um, threes as well, a guy that usually uh, doesn't take those. But um, – just getting a contest, I think, was the biggest thing. You were able to do that. Um, only two open shots, I think, was really good. They're a good basketball team. They're going to hit them, but I liked how they at least put up a contest. And then when those shots were contested, they're not falling. That's when Tennessee was able to go on the run and pull away with it. So um, I think it was what I was looking for. Um, and I think if they um, want to continue winning games, they need to make sure that carries uh, on Saturday. Let's head to the phones, 865 865- Five four six eight two zero zero. Your number, if you want to hop in. Uh, we've got Bruce on the line. What's up, Bruce? Hey guys, how y'all doing tonight? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, so, uh, just a couple of things. Uh, so, I mean, you obviously uh, have to praise the, the the whole team and and Rick Barnes as well. Uh, w- one thing, uh, you know. At this point, Barnes can wear anything he wants to wear as long as they play like that uh, (laughs) on a nightly basis. Yeah. So I'll say that. Uh, But but here's the other thing. Here's the more serious thing. So, uh, you know, um, Dalton Connect's not going to score 40 points every night. But here's the positive. I think the Vols have a lot of juice left. And uh, obviously we're impressed with Ziegler. Uh, uh, Dalton Connect, Awaka, Adu, but but I think we have room for James to grow, uh, Scobie to grow, and, and Meshack. Uh, I mean, uh, he doesn't get as much playing time, but Meshack's uh, a, a really good athlete out there uh, when he's on the court. But anyway, so uh, if y'all could just kind of uh, talk about that a little bit, I'm going to hang up and listen. 
But uh, th- the point being, I think the Vols still have a lot of juice to go, uh, meaning that uh, if one player's down, I think uh, the other guys can really uh, uh, play as a team and, and develop. Uh, but I just want to hear your opinion. Thank you. Thank you for your call, Bruce. We appreciate it. Um, I do think this team has a lot of juice, but my only rebuttal to that is um, at this point of Vescovi and Josiah Jordan-James' career, what else is there to grow? I, I, look, I, I think both of them um, could be vital toward, towards a tournament run. Um, but what have you seen from Vescovi this year that hints that we're going to get that same Vescovi from the last two years? Um, I, I don't see that. Um, you know, now, Josiah has at least had some moments this season where you can get that, uh, get those performances from him. Um, but I think when, when there's so much attention now on the new guys, if you will, the, the new crew in Adu and, and Connect and Ziegler, um, and, and I guess you could throw Ganey in there as well when he's good. Because when he's good, he's good. Now when he's bad, it's, it's like watching a, a six-car six <laughs> Watching Tyree pile Key. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with, with Viscovi and, and James, I just don't know what we're still waiting for from them. I just think this is kind of what they are at this point. Anything to add? Yeah, you know, I, I agree with Bruce on the fact that I do think this team has a lot of, you know, a lot of improvement that can still be made. And one thing I will say that, you know, feels very different from last season and maybe even the year prior to a degree um, is they seem to be improving when they, you know, this is late. Now we're into March and they seem to be getting better with each passing game. Sure. Last year it was like hanging on, you know, that they got that big win against Alabama at home and then it was kind of hanging on for dear life to lose to Ole Miss in the, yeah. the conference tournament. And it just felt like the arrow was pointed down this year. It seemed, you know, still three big games left, but it seems like the trajectory is steadily climbing, which is where you want to be heading into tournament play. Um, so I, I definitely think that they're, that that's a great sign, and the fact they're still improving this late in the year. Very few teams can do that. Um, on Josiah and Vescovi, those guys, um, you know, I, I think I see both sides of the coin there. I agree with you. I don't think we're going to, you know, they're going to become better players between now and in the selection show. But I do think we've seen some flashes, and, and I agree more so from just Josiah, but where I do feel like, okay, if Connect's got a little bit of a down night, one of them, you know, and maybe it's some, maybe it's a Waka as well, but there's guys on this team that can kind of weather that storm a little bit and, and carry the load. And I think Josiah would, to me, would be the more likely one where, okay, what does he do when he gets eight shots, eight or nine shots a game? I think there is some some legitimacy to say, okay, if he gets eight or nine shots a game, you know, one night because Connect has less, that he can have an impact. Um, Vescovi, I just don't think really and this might be blunt, I don't think he really wants to have an impact. He seems very okay kind of just being a, a role player right now. Well, I think Josiah, if you get his confidence up, he makes his first couple shots, there might be a game or two when we need him that he hits 15 points because he's playing aggressive and downhill. So I do think there's room for this team to grow. Those guys specifically, th- their ceiling might be their ceiling, but I think in certain moments, certain games, you might be able to get something from those guys if they need to. Yeah, I, look, my thing with Viscovi, and this is a guy that I've been, I've been, you know, vouching for to get more involved throughout the year. I think he is what he is at this point, um, but I still hold a little bit of a, uh, an inkling that there's going to be one moment, and it could be come tournament time. I agree. Where, um, you know, kind of like a, kind of like a Klein from Purdue when we mm-hmm. played him a couple of years, a guy that really wasn't on the radar too big. And then just boom, blows up in a game and wins you the game. Yes, um, I, I think s- that might need to happen. To, yeah, to 
go to the final four. Because, look, a tournament run is hard. I mean, a lot of things got to go right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, when you look at, um, you know, FAU's run last year, right, they were able to just withstand runs and and go on some big ones late by some kind of, you know, characters that weren't really well-known. Elijah Mitchell, Mm -hmm. uh, Elijah Martin, I should say. Um, He wasn't a guy that was really on anyone's radar. And then, boom, blows up in a game against Kansas State. So, um, these kind of games, I think, um, these these upcoming games, I should say, I've got a little bit of an inkling that if there's a moment where uh, an un, an uncanny role player can kind of come out and have a big day, I think it could be Viscovi because he's been there before and had some moments in his career. I'd love to see it. I think it'd be really good for him, um, considering how long he's been here and what he's meant to this uh, basketball team for a while. Um, I hope we can get it, and I, I think. I've got a little bit of a hunch we might be able to see it. So if it happens, we'll uh, we'll come yeah. back here to this. Uh, what is it? March first? Yeah, happy yeah. March. Happy March. Um, we'll come back on March first, and uh, William Patterson predicted <laughs> it. All right. When we come back, we'll talk about the Vols heading to T Town to try and ride the wave. We'll be back on overtime. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. White Claw is taking hard seltzer to new heights with White Claw Surge. At 8% alcohol, White Claw Surge is a stronger wave of refreshment that doesn't compromise on taste. Available in four bold waves of flavor like ripe blackberry, citrusy blood orange, zesty natural lime, and tart cranberry. Check out your favorite retailer in-store and online for the White Claw Surge Variety 12-pack and 16-ounce single-serve cans. White Claw Surge, please drink responsibly. The superbly versatile all-electric EQB from Mercedes-Benz A compact SUV that's full of big surprises. An optional fold-out third row offers luxurious comfort for up to seven occupants. And almost 24 cubic feet of cargo space means this compact SUV is big enough to handle anything you can throw at it or in it. You can set the tone any way you like with 64 color customizable ambient lighting throughout. And just like every other Mercedes-Benz EV, the EQB features the very latest generation MBUX voice-activated tech. So whether you want to set a new destination, change the tunes, or tune up the heat, all you have to say is, hey Mercedes, this vehicle's all electric, 
The feeling's all Mercedes. Test drive the EQB today at your local dealer or learn more at MBUSA.com EQB. That's MBUSA.com EQB. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, Gainbridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder Gainbridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today at Gainbridge.io. Back here on Overtime, getting you ready for a big game uh, tomorrow in, in Tuscaloosa as the fourth-ranked Tennessee Vols um, head to T-Town to take on the 14th-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide on Saturday. Uh, the game is slated for 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. College game day in the house as well. Um, uh, just Watch added, I hope there's no students on the floor. Jay Billis might uh, uh, make a citizen's arrest. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, at the end, you know, they do the um, – They'll have the the student come out and do the half court shot. I yeah. wonder, I wonder if Billis will think he's, he's got crashing a pair the of court. handcuffs in his back yeah. pocket. Yeah, uh, what is that? Twenty five to thirty years in prison. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something like that. Um, the Vols, who are twenty two and six and twelve and three in SEC play, are coming off a uh, come from behind win, as we just talked about over Auburn, uh, where Connect put up thirty nine. Crimson Tide, on the other hand, 20-8 and 12-3 in SEC play, coming off another come-from-behind win themselves. Um, this one happened to be at Ole Miss in the Pavilion, where Ole Miss took a commanding lead to start the game, and um, the Tide were able to uh, fend off that lead with a second-half surge as they defeated the Rebels 103-88. to uh, the Vols and Tide are tied for first at the top of the SEC, and Saturday's winner will clinch the SEC regular season title and number one seed in the SEC tournament. Um, now, obviously, if the winner you know dropped the last two games, um, you know, the, I guess Tennessee or Alabama could get back up. Um, not likely in Alabama scenario. Uh, not a very hard schedule. Tennessee does have a couple of hard ones left to go, um, but really. For all, for all you know, intents and purposes, the SEC is on the line on Saturday. Um, let's look at the Ken Palm breakdown. UT, fifth overall, um, 18th in adjusted offense, fourth in adjusted defense. Alabama, seventh overall, the number one adjusted offensive team, 100th in adjusted defense. They get it done on one side more than the <laughs> other. Um, the Vols are led in scoring by fifth-year guard Don Connect with 21 a night, um, an average 80.7 points per game as a team, holding opponents to 67.2. The Tide are led by guard Mark Sears with 21 a night as well. Um, they team uh, as a team, they average 92 a night, and they allow 79 a night. So this is a team that puts up a lot of points, doesn't really uh, care too much on the defensive end, but they will beat you by their offense and. Um, this is a game where um, if Alabama is able to shoot the way they want to, I think it could get dicey. Um, Max, we'll begin with you. Keys of the game for the Vols. Well, you know, I look back at the 20-point win in January and kind of was looking at what did Tennessee do well that was kind of out of the norm for Alabama. We know they don't play defense very well. I think this has a chance to replicate the, the game Tennessee played up at Rupp a few weeks ago where yes, another yes. team that offensively driven, great offensive team, uh, subpar defensively yes. and you saw what Tennessee was able to do um, this I think you know it's a little more difficult because I think Alabama is a little better than Kentucky but Alabama kind of same thing when they went up to Rupp 
last week. They they yeah. just couldn't, you know, they put up 90 points and they still lost by double digits mm-hmm. because they just couldn't defend. So I think there's a scenario where Tennessee can try and kind of replicate those two uh, different outcomes. But first time they played, four or 22 turnovers for Alabama, they averaged 12 a game. Mm-hmm. That's a key for me. Can you turn them over again? That's free points for your offense if you can get out in transition. We had 23 points off turnovers first time. You get close to that number again, that's a big key for me. Yeah. Offensive rebounding. Only gave up four offensive rebounds in that matchup at TBA. Alabama averages double digits on the offensive glass yes. per game. That's another thing where if you can keep that number down like you did in January, I think you're in good shape. And then Alabama shot 19% from three in that game. That's not I, – I highly doubt that's going to happen again. They shoot more threes than, you know, 95% of teams in yes. the country. They live and die by it. We've seen them – you know, it's cost them in some moments and, and won them big games as well. Mm-hmm. Three-point defense is going to be huge as well. Those three things to me are things that Tennessee did well the first time around that need to replicate similar numbers to ensure victory tomorrow night. Uh, first off, I think you've got to be able to control the – um, tempo on the road. Um, it's going to be a very hostile environment. Um, everyone knows what's at stake. I think the advantage the Vols have, though, um, in playing the the tempo, Alabama likes to play quick, and Tennessee has a lot more success when they're allowed to play in transition as well. So I think if they're allowed to do that offensively, um, then I think that's a key to the game. Continuing to keep up what you've been doing. Um, don't allow Alabama to, to, to put that in a rut. Um, Second thing, you've got to be able to defend the three. Um, This team shoots 33.6% of their shots from the top of the key three and 13.9% of them from the corner. Um, So collectively, shooting about 43% of their shots as a team from the three-point line. You've got to be able to put an end to that. Um, You're not going to be able to put an end to their volume, but the percentage, uh, they're hitting 37% from the top of the key, 40% from the corner. You've got to make sure those are lower numbers. Um, And Tennessee has struggled. Uh, on the road defending the three, and we'll get into that here in a second. Um, but you've got to do the same thing you did against Auburn, just getting the shot contest. If they make it, it's contested, that's all you can do. But allowing open shot threes, that's where you lose games to a team like this that their specialty is shooting from the three-point line. They're going to hit the open ones. You've got to make sure you know your personnel, especially on the weak side, and make sure you're getting a contest. Um, and, and finally... I think you've got to get another big performance from Connect. Um, you know, this is one of these games where you need to bring out all your tools and bring out everything that's worked this season, and that's been Connect. I don't think in a game with this magnitude, you can rely on your your, your role pieces that have been hot and cold all year. Um, and that doesn't mean necessarily, all right, um, pass half court, give Connect the ball, let's get the hell out of the way. Not not what I'm saying. Um, but I think you've got to play through him. Let him get going. Let the defense adjust to him, play a little bit more uh, key in on him uh, defensively, and then that's where you get everyone else involved. I think you've got to start this game off with Connect, though. You've got to set the tone. You know you got the best player in, in SEC basketball on your side. You've got to make sure you use that to your advantage. Um, and, and talking about that, uh, a quick note that Jordan Moore sent earlier today um, about Connect. Uh, every time Connect has scored 30-plus this season, he has followed it up with another 30-point-plus game, except the only exception here um, for the game after he sprained his ankle in the UNC game, um, he only took 11 attempts that next game. But every time he's put up 30, he's put up 30 in the next one too. Um, so I think if he's able to do that, you put up 30 there and get the similar production from Ziegler and Adu um, and whoever else decides to show up, 
That's where you can win a game, in my opinion. Um, now let's talk about the defense, though, and more specifically three-point difference and differential. Um, another Jordan Moore stat here updated it today. Um, so at home, the Vols shoot 37% from three and hold opponents to 26.7. That's a plus 10.3 differential. On the road is where we get a little scary here. Um, on the road, the Vols shoot 32.6% and allow opponents to 37.2%, a minus 4.6 differential. Um, bigger concern here. Vols three-point shooting or Vols three-point defense? I think for this specific matchup, it's got to be the three-point defense on the road because of who Alabama's identity is. You're playing Mississippi State, maybe less of a concern. Maybe it's more of the offense. But because that's what Alabama's bread and butter is, that's how they're going to win this game or lose this game is how do they do from three-point land. And that's why, you know, that's a 10% difference in terms of what opponents are shooting beyond the arc at TBA as compared to when Tennessee's had to go on the road and I think in this one, you know, part of it, too, that's huge, and, and I think you can point to two games that demonstrate this. Missouri's a little bit of an outlier because of how poor they are, sure. and maybe Vanderbilt as well. But you look at the Kentucky game, defense wasn't great in that game. No, but you just outscored. A&M game, mm-hmm. defense wasn't great in that game. The reason Tennessee won the Kentucky game and lost the A&M one, and what I think will be huge to win this game tomorrow night, how do you start? Going on the road... You saw what happened when we went to AM. Just dug ourselves too big of a hole. That crowd gets involved. It gets really difficult. Yeah. Guy gets in foul trouble. It mounts. Go to Kentucky. We punch him in the mouth. Make them play catch up the whole game with a poor defense. Yeah. Can you do the same thing to Alabama this time? Because if you are put yourself in a situation where you go up early and force Alabama to get stops, that's right where you want to be, in my opinion. You want to put the pressure on Alabama getting the stops, not Tennessee. And to do that, they got to hold them bet you know under 37%. Alabama shoots 38% from 3 on the season. Tennessee giving up 37% on the road. That to me is where the game will be severely decided is that statistic right there. How can they improve on the defensive end on the road stopping the 3 because if Alabama's hitting 37% at the rate that the volume they take, this one could be ugly. Yeah, to me I'm I'm going to differ here. I'm going to say it's your three-point making ability. And look, you know Alabama's going to shoot threes. Um, and they're going to make a fair amount of them too. Um, but I think it's how you counter it. If you're able to get the three ball rolling as well, because this is a team that lives and dies by the three, they're going to hit them. Um, and you can find points in- inside the paint, but threes add up more than twos. So I think Tennessee is going to have to shoot the ball well from the three-point line. Um, against Florida last or, or two week, was it last week or two weeks ago um, when Alabama played them, Alabama opened the game 1-17 of 17 from three. Um, and they ended up taking 32, um, and they made out of the last out of the last 15 shots they took, they hit eight of them. Um, so I, I think you're going to have to weather the storm there by matching what they do from three. Florida in that game went nine of 30. They hit nine threes to Alabama's eight. Um, that you know they end up losing in overtime. But uh, Tennessee's a better team than Florida. Uh, I, I think that if if Tennessee were to make nine threes or make as many or just a couple less than Alabama, this game's a little bit different. Um, so I think you've got to be able to shoot well on the road, and I think it's something you struggle with all year. You've just struggled defending the three all year on the road, but with a team like this who's going to shoot them regardless and they're going to get their fair share, you've got to be able to counter it. Um, and this is a little bit different compared to games like Missouri, Vanderbilt, Georgia. The, those were non-traditional three-point shooting teams. They just happened to shoot a high clip. Um, A&M was the same way. A- A&M as well, yes. Um, Bama, this is what they do. They're going to shoot them regardless if they're it's how going. they win or lose. They exactly. will decide how they the, the result exactly. for them. So you're going to be ha- have to match them at, at some point. 
I'm, I'm not saying shoot as many threes as them or make as many, but you're going to have to make it to where it's not a huge differential at the three-point line. Can't have a, a 12 to 4 differential. That's where you're in a blowout, right? So um, I think they've got to shoot well on the road. Uh, I know it's a tough assignment, but I, I think the three-point shooting from the Vols uh, is, is the bigger concern there. Um, Fifth-year guard, Don Connect. we talked about him uh, in the first segment. 39 points in his last outing. Has followed up a 30-point performance with another 30-point performance um, in every opportunity except the UNC game, uh, or following the UNC game, I should say. What can the Vols expect from Connect? You know, I think we're going to need a lot from him to win this game, and I think you can kind of expect what you've gotten pretty much all conference play. I mean, his... His point per game total is way up in conference play compared to his overall season. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you can get 25 from him, that's kind of what I'm expecting because of the way Alabama plays as well should allow for more shots. They like to run in transition. Um, so there should be just bigger volume across the board in this one compared to some other matchups Tennessee's played in. So I think from Connect, I, I would pencil him in for at least 25 probably just. And in Alabama, you, you mentioned their defensive woes. That should allow a matchup like this, Connect, you know, should be able to thrive even more because it's a team yeah. who's not sound defensively. Um, and you saw what you know Justin Edwards and some of Kentucky's players were able to do against them last Saturday. Uh, Don Connect can do the same thing. Yeah. I think um, you, you've got to expect a big performance from him, as I talked about earlier in one of the keys to the game, uh, was making sure that you get him involved early. You talk about getting off to a nice start, um, very similar to what you did against Kentucky. Uh, getting Connect going early – to where the defense is now having to adjust, key in on connect. They're already going to key in on them, but having to kind of take it up a notch. So, um, yeah, it's Auburn. Against Auburn. Yeah, yeah, and then it got free looks at the basket. Yeah. So exactly that, and then that's where you can get some of these other pieces involved. I think connect's got to be your focal point, like he always is, um, but I think you've got to get him going early to where now you have other people having the opportunity to get involved. Um, before we wrap this up, confidence level in this one overall. You know, I think it's winnable. I think the the way, like I outlined in the keys of the game, Tennessee beat Alabama handily at TBA. I don't expect that to happen tomorrow no, night. I would be but shocked. But they're, they're obviously, you know, they, they match up well. We saw Tennessee beat a, a different Alabama team, but still a good one last year, playing a different style. Um, so I think Rick Barnes knows how to beat Nate Oates-led teams. Um, I think the, the game plan is there. It's pretty apparent. I really think it comes down to, to me, if how the team starts. Um Alabama is going to shoot whether they're down 20 or up 20. They're going to keep shooting from uh, beyond the arc. And, you know, no lead is safe against this Alabama team just because of the amount of threes they no. take. And, and they're at home. you got to be able to weather it. I think the, the start really dictates how this game ends. Can Tennessee, you know, hold a lead going into halftime or are they down double digits? My confidence level is probably a 5 out of 10, I think. No. And if Tennessee loses this, Unless they get ran out of the gym, I don't think there's cause for any concern based on you know a, a close loss at Alabama, top ten team in the country. Um, so this is a difficult challenge, probably the toughest game Tennessee's yes. played this season. Maybe at UNC was harder, um, but and beyond Good. definitely in conference play, it's going to be the toughest test. Yeah. And so I think it's unrealistic to it go in there expecting to win, but I think it's very possible if Tennessee does the things that we just outlined. Yeah, I, I think there are ways Tennessee wins personally. Um, I think this is a very tough task for them. This is this is the biggest game 
that Tennessee has played in the regular season under Rick Barnes, in my opinion, uh, with everything at stake. You've got a number one seed at stake. You've got the SEC regular season championship, the number one seed in the tournament, um, the SEC tournament, that is. Um, there's a lot at stake, and I'm not saying the guys are not ready for this moment. I just think it's a very tough ask to go on the road and play against the team that's number one in adjusted offense, number one in adjusted efficiency, number four overall in effective field goal percentage. Um, and this is a team that rebounds really well, especially offensive rebounds. That's one thing that really scares me in this matchup. We saw what A&M did to us on the road, um, and they're a team that rebounds better than Alabama offensively. Um, now, you were able to get it straight out, uh, straighten it out on, on Saturday when you uh, refaced the Aggies, but um, – my confidence level is probably a 5 out of 10 as well. I'm not saying I don't think the Vols can win this game. I just think there are a lot of factors that go into this that make it a difficult Yeah, probably play the best game you've played all season yeah. to win this game. Yeah, and, and you did that against Kentucky, and it went well. Um, and, you know, in that Kentucky game, I probably went in with the same amount of confidence. You know, I, Kentucky and Alabama are, are, in my opinion, the same team. I agree. Um, they're boomer bust. Offensively, you know what you're getting from them if they're hitting it. It's tough to beat them. If they're struggling, they could lose to anyone. Uh, their defense is poor. They have terrible angles. Uh, they just they, they don't really play defense. Yeah. Um, so I think the opportunity is there. If you're able to play like you did against Kentucky, get off to a hot start, get your guys rolling. Um, it, it's possible. I just think it's 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 a um, tall task. So um, you got to play your best. Let's hope they do. When we come back, we'll give our best bets of the night. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. Life is more fun with a Good Life checking account offering extra benefits including bank travel. Join us for a trip to Mackinac Island for a stay at the beautiful Grand Hotel. Travel with us to southern Utah to witness the enormous, colorful, and unusual rock formations. Or join us on one of our many day trips. We're always on the go. Citizens National Bank Banking never felt so good Member FDIC Are you ready to play hard and work harder? Are you looking to take the next step in your career with a company who celebrates hard work and appreciates those who do it? Then it's time to join the movement at Axel Logistics. Axel is looking to expand their award-winning sales team with logistics consultants who are outgoing, ambitious, and thrive in a fast-paced environment. If that sounds like you, visit axelogistics.com to learn more. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on Fan Run Radio. Axel Logistics, now is your time. I was afraid to cut the cord, but once I did, I couldn't believe it took so long to do it. Paying too much for my cable bill had become a bad habit. I either wasn't getting what I wanted or never knew where to find any of my favorite shows until it was too late. 
Plus, the prices just kept going up. Thankfully, I discovered a new way to watch called Philo. For just $25 a month, I can catch all my favorite shows on networks like BET, MTV, and TLC. It even has Nickelodeon for my kids. I can watch anytime I want, anywhere I want. Plus, Philo lets me have up to three streams at once, so everyone can watch what they want at the same time. Throw in the unlimited DVR that saves all my favorites for up to a year, and this really is the best deal in TV. I just wish I hadn't waited so long. Sound too good to be true? Well, try it out for yourself, and you'll see why people who love TV love Philo. Go to philo.tv, that's P-H-I-L-O dot TV, and start your seven-day free trial now. All right, back here on Overtime. Time for our best bets of the night. Great conversations in the first two segments. We appreciate you listening along with with us. Um, My only best bet of the night is uh, Utah State minus 17.5. Big number. Whoa, William, what are you thinking? Um, This is a a huge uh, just mismatch here against Air Force. Um, Danny Sprinkle, uh, Utah State's head coach. This team was supposed to be ninth in the Mountain West this year. They're atop the Mountain West right now. I think Sprinkle should be. They returned no players that played any minutes yeah. last year. I, I think on a tournament team from yes. last year as well. Yes, uh, I think Sprinkle deserves Coach of the Year. He's done a, a fabulous job with his squad, and the thing they do better than anyone in America is defending the three-point line, uh, holding opponents to twenty-eight percent. Um, Air Force is reliant on the perimeter. Um, I think this is a it could be a huge mismatch. Very similar runaway to what we saw last night with Utah just running out of the building against Stanford. Um, Seventeen and a half, big number. Don't be scared, Utah State. I my only play is Loyola Chicago on the money line. They're plus one, so you get a little better value yeah. at money line. Um, Loyola Chicago has lost two home games all season. One of those all the way back in November. So since conference play started, they've lost one home game. They're playing as well as anyone in that conference. Dayton is a formidable team. Um, there's a reason that they are ranked in the top 25, but they've lost their last two road games, um, and really their their few losses in conference play have come when they've had to travel on the road to the top tier of this conference, teams yeah. that are on their level. Um, they lost to George Mason last week. They lost to VCU before then. Both those teams are top half A-10 teams. Loyola is tied with Dayton right now for the second place in the conference. Big one at home for them. You combine their, their – uh, talent, their their success on their home court, and Dayton's kind of uh, pedestrian numbers on the road when they've had to play better teams in the A-10. I like Loyola. They'll get up for this one on the money line. All right, those are our best bets of the night. Utah State minus 17.5 for me. Max has Loyola Chicago at, uh, what, money line plus 100? Yeah, 8 p.m. I wonder if Sister Jean will be able to stay up for uh, that one. And, is she and, still <laughs> rolling around? Yeah, she is. <laughs> Rolling's right. a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we'll do more talk in college basketball ahead of a big weekend. We'll also take a look at some possible rule changes in college football. That's coming up on the next hour of Overtime. A brand built in Tennessee. 